0: Welcome to James Miller Lifeology, where you learn to simplify and transform your spirit, mind, and body. My name is James Miller. I'm a licensed psychotherapist and a composer. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Let's get started. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to listen to this show. When you're done listening, I hope you take a minute and write a quick review on whichever radio or podcast platform you've heard this show. Your insights will help others to be inspired and encouraged. I have a great show for you today. I'm going to help you use mindfulness to reduce anxious thoughts so you can live a healthier life. I'll also be interviewing Dawa Tarchin Phillips, who is an internationally recognized mindfulness and meditation expert. He is also the founder and CEO of Empowerment Holdings, the co-founder of the Mindful Leadership Online Training Conference, and founder of the Mindful Leadership Tribe. Today, he shares his wisdom on what mindfulness means and how you can apply it in each moment to be your most developed self. For more information about Dawa, please visit dawa.tarchinphilipps.com I have some exciting news. Did you know that I'm on the radio 3 times a week? You may hear me on the same station on Tuesdays at 1:30 p.m. Fridays at 9.30 a.m. and Saturday at 12.30 p.m. You may also hear me anytime on iHeartRadio as well as on all the other major podcasting platforms including iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, and many others. Simply search for the show name James Miller Lifeology or simply go to jamesmillerlifeology.com. Are you struggling to find your purpose? Has mediocrity set in and you can't imagine doing the same thing for the rest of your life? Are your relationships struggling or you aren't sure how to make long-lasting changes? Then contact me, James Miller. I will help you recognize the areas in your life that are going really well and then we will look at the areas in which you're struggling. We will create actionable solutions to help you create long-lasting changes. You don't have to do this alone. Go to my website, jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, Work with James. Fill out that form and it will be sent directly to me. Don't let another day go by without finding your way. Your change can start today. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com and click on the page, Work with James. Fill out that form to get started today. Using mindfulness to reduce anxious thoughts. We all experience all types of emotions. And often, we think that certain emotions are considered, quote, good, and others are bad. The truth is, all emotions are neutral. It's what we do with them. When we're consumed with anxiety and we're not sure what to do, we often get lost in the fear or the worry. One way to reduce anxious thoughts is to go on a mindful walk. What I mean by that is this. The more internal you are with your thoughts, the less you're aware of your surroundings. So if you can go on a mindful walk, it allows you to focus on your external surroundings. Our five senses are used to help us understand our proximity of things. In other words, is there danger around us? And it goes from the farthest out to the closest, meaning your sense of sight, your sense of hearing, your sense of smell, your sense of touch, your sense of taste. So if you find that you're anxious, just simply go outside. And as you use each of your five senses, you'll start to realize that your anxious thoughts aren't as powerful anymore this is an example of a mindful walk i have been blessed to live right on the water so if i were to go outside and go down to the beach i would use my sense of sight first i would look at every single thing around me i would look at the sand and try and pinpoint the grains of sand i would look at the waves and the way the waves would crest over each other so in other words i would look for every detail possible and as i look at that i would actually say what i see so in other words James, look at those grains of sand. Look at that water. Look how beautiful it is. Look at that sky. So what I'm doing is I'm using my sense of sight and my sense of hearing. And then I would use my other senses. What do I hear? What do I feel on my skin? What do I feel on my toes? And as I get lost in my five senses, it automatically reduces how much energy my anxious thoughts have. Because I'm not taking control on what I'm thinking about because I'm focused on my external surroundings and what is happening. Now, some of you may say, well, James, it's winter right now, or I live in a place which doesn't have a beach. (laughs) Obviously, that's okay. You can even do that where you're sitting right now. Use your five senses. Use your sense of sight to see everything around you. Look at as much detail as possible. Once again, speak aloud what you see, because the more of your five senses you can use at one time, the more you're in control of what you think about, as opposed to letting those anxious thoughts dominate your mind. Once again, we all have anxiety. But when we can focus on our external surroundings in a mindful way, it allows you to reset your thoughts and to be present in the moment. My guest, Dawa Tarchin Phillips, is going to teach you how to do this all the time. He is an expert in mindfulness, and I can't wait for you to hear this interview. Once again, go to jamesmillerlifeology.com or lifeology.tv and sign up for the free weekly recap. Dawa Tarchin Phillips is the founder and CEO of Empowerment Holdings and president of the International Mindfulness Teachers Association, a professional organization for mindfulness teachers from 27 countries. Dawa completed two three-year meditation retreats and teaches mindfulness and meditation, awakened business, and mindful leadership around the world. His work has been featured in the New York Times, Huffington Post, Men's Fitness, Forbes, and Fast Company. Welcome to my show, Dawa. Hi, James. Thank you. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. I am really looking forward to this. I was reading through your information, and you were a monk at one time? That is correct, yes. I spent uh, 12
1: years living in a monastery, seven of those, actually 10 of those years as a monk, and uh, seven of those years
0: in meditation retreat. Wow. So,
1: So when you were a little boy,
0: was that something you had even thought of? I mean, how did that even come about?
1: That is a great question. Yes, so when I was a little boy... I had five life questions, I would call them, uh, Uh that I was pondering and that I was running by the adults around me to see if they had any good answers. Uh, One was, who am I? Another one was, where was I from? Where was I going? Why was I here? And why was that at all significant? And I think that sprung out of uh, just, you know, my own uh, struggle as a child to make sense of the world and my place in the world. And uh, out of that grew a, a practice of inquiry. And that that practice of inquiry that developed as a child eventually led me to become a Buddhist monk. Wow! And I found the answers to my questions in those years in the monastery. So it was time well spent.
0: Yes, definitely. Well, the fact that you're asking those questions as a little boy, I mean, those, those are existential questions. In other words, what is the purpose, the meaning of my existence? I mean, that's, that's a lot, that's some heavy topics for a little boy. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that's great.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think it happened because my parents met, uh, they were a biracial couple. They met in New York city in the sixties. And, uh, when I was born shortly after they, they, uh, move to europe and i think that sense of displacement that Mm -hmm. gave rise into like this uh, question around belonging and you know um what is the significance of of a life right and i think like many of us initially our our quest is fueled by an a a pain right Mm -hmm. and i think for me that that suffering of displacement gave rise to the the quest for a cure right the quest for healing my own, my own suffering. And, uh, I think that, that it started early, but I, I'm quite grateful looking back because it gave me the opportunity to find important answers to my life at a young age.
0: And now you're this expert who teaches the world. That, that is fantastic. How did you go from a Buddhist monk? How did you make the transition to, I guess, leave the monastery or leave that?
1: My bridge went over psychology. So, mm-hmm. uh, Having been trained in the mind sciences and having been trained particularly in understanding the nature of the mind and the nature of phenomena, how do we create our reality and how do we how do our actions shape our experience? Uh, it was uh, an easy bridge to begin an exchange with leading psychologists, first in Europe and then in the United States. Out of that work, we built a, uh, a research center for Cognitive Neuroscience, Human Potential and Mindfulness at the University of California, Santa Barbara. And collaborated with the U.S. Office on Education on important research in in early education, and particularly how we can introduce the children and youth to tools that will allow them to more effectively manage their emotional regulation and their cognitive capacities.
0: Wow, that's incredible.
1: Yeah, yeah, really fascinating, and and also fascinating to know that already a decade ago, the the uh, U.S. Office of Education was investing in exploring those intersections that's wonderful
0: with the concept of mindfulness that, that seems to be a buzzword nowadays um, and to so some people have different understandings of that how about you teach us what that means
1: I'll be happy to so the word actually mindfulness is uh, a term that describes the person's ability to pay attention moment by moment in a non-judgmental non uh, discriminatory fashion yeah mm-hmm. so in order to cultivate an awareness both of who is perceiving who is experiencing and what is being experienced and that present moment attention that present moment awareness opens up a array of choice an array of understanding an array of uh, yes discernment yeah and and so out of that then uh, a person is able to evolve their stance in the world, their mindset, their attitude, their behavior, and really have a, an, a different impact, both on their own experience of life as well as the way that they interact with
0: others. And when people are able to implement this sense of mindfulness and, and practice it, because it's not a one and done, you do it once and then it, you've done, done it forever, how does that change their life? It, it mainly changes their life in that they begin to move
1: away from a life where they think that the pursuit of happiness is the pursuit of a future that they never reach, mm. kind of the desire to reach the horizon that's always the same distance away. Ah. And they begin to understand that life is an uh, an evolution or a transformation of the present moment, that really our our life's journey unfolds by our stewardship of the present. And when we Tend to the present in a different way, mm-hmm. the collateral damage that uh, we usually uh, experience in so many areas of our lives begins to be reduced because we are, uh, we are more present and we are more uh, focused on stewarding the, stewarding the, the presence um, effectively and with wisdom and with compassion and, and that has a direct effect on transforming all of our relationships and actually Certainly. living in a in a in a uh, experience of obtaining our desired outcomes rather than uh, living uh, eternally just in the pursuit of them
0: exactly and you know to, to piggyback off that as well another way to say that for some of my listeners would be when we are, Aware of what's happening right this second, we don't become reactive. Because so many times, people, let's say somebody says something that could offend me, and I choose to be offended, and therefore I become very reactive. And so we live in this hyper arousal state of defense, or we allow cir- circumstances to dictate what our response will be, as opposed to us being aware of what's happening and recognizing that we have so many choices and how we want to respond, or how we want to internalize, or how we want to just understand what's happening. And so, with that, under awakening, then we choose what's the healthier option, and whatever the healthier option is moves us more towards the direction of where we would like our future to go or more in a, a well-developed version of what our future could be like.
1: Yeah, so we work with a lot of leaders around the world, mm-hmm. and what, what is so valuable in understanding mindfulness is the, the connection between uh, the, the, the cognitive uh, system of a human being, our thoughts, the emotional system, right? Our our attitude or our emotional balance—what we call how how good do you feel mm-hmm. uh, in your body and about who you are and what you do in the world—and then how that translates into behavior change. And uh, what is the what is so interesting in our time is that science knows more about the art and practice of happiness than at any given t- any prior time in human history. But the dissemination of that knowledge and providing access Mm, to that knowledge, democratizing, if you will, that knowledge, that is such an important thing for us to do so that more people actually understand how how their thoughts impact their endocrine system, which releases hormones Mm -hmm. that can really spread a sense of well-being and contentment throughout the body every day.
0: And that's an incredibly powerful thing when, when people can learn how to harness that and, and live in that, because once again, we become the, the master of our life as opposed to circumstances and, and life dictating how, how and what we do.
1: And, and you know, I, I'm aware of your work. So a lot of what you do is helping people understand that, that life is a very powerful platform mm-hmm. for learning and for personal evolution and for impact. And so I I think that uh, what the contemplative practices are giving us, what what modern neuroscience is showing us and what really, um, in in our case at least, uh, entrepreneurship and uh, engaging in bringing value into the world, impacting the world, uh, bring us is really a, a new path, a personal spiritual path, if you will, in the modern world. And that's an exciting thing.
0: It certainly is. You know, one of the things you really talk about is obviously mindful leadership, but sometimes we think we're a mindful leader, but we're often not. What would be something that that a person who's not a mindful leader, what would be some things that they would do to demonstrate that they're not being mindful?
1: Well, I think one of the the most significant things that mind that non mindful leaders do is um not take responsibility mm. for their results
0: oh, uh,
1: but rather moving into a victim stance where mm-hmm. they believe that the the source of their reactivity the source of their um, uh, negativity the the source of their also uh let's say harmful Interaction with others is, in fact, other people. Right. right. So a mindful leader is someone that takes responsibility for the outcomes in life and ultimately knows that the only thing they have control over is their thoughts, their attitudes, their imagination, their words and their actions. And those five things all take place in the present. Mm -hmm. Without being present, there is no control over one's life. There is no ability to influence. And non-mindful leaders oftentimes fall into uh, blaming, fall into um, judging, uh, fall into complaining. And unfortunately, those behaviors um, are, for lack of a better word, crap magnet. Yeah, Mm, yeah, certainly they they lead us just to attract more conflict in our life more drama um more misunderstanding and uh, ultimately uh more sadness suffering and sure. and so isolation so what we can see in mindful leaders is that they become very good at managing the relationship with themselves very good at managing the relationship with other people and also integrating a more uh awake relationship with their environment with the the, the world in which we live.
0: Mm, that's a powerful thing. You know, the leaderships, leaders as well, it doesn't necessarily have to be the CEO of a company or the leader of, of something. Leadership can actually lead in a conversation or it can be leading in an environment of some sort. Because I do think that a lot of times, perhaps some of my listeners right now will be like, well, James, I'm not a leader. I'm, I'm ranked wherever here am I, at my job, or I seem to be more of a follower. But the concept of leadership can, can pretty much be connected with every single person. Would you agree?
1: I would. Leadership is a stance toward life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, we we all can choose whether we want to live in real time, or we want to live in the fiction of our uh, of our attachment to what has been sure. and our fear of what will be. And so, when when we talk about mindful leadership, it's really available to anyone and everyone. It is just about em- really embracing oneself. And uh, becoming aware at the the I guess the the human navigation system sure. right the body the spirit the heart the mind um, what we have available at our disposal and how can we make the best use of this opportunity so it is not about the the role in life it is really about how we relate to moment to moment experience how we relate to ourselves how we relate to others and in that sense everyone is, or has the, the invitation to step into leadership.
0: That's wonderful. And I'm, I'm very glad to hear that as well, because I think that can also translate into once we are the leader of, of our life, then that can help us find our purpose. What are ways in which the, your mindfulness, how can that really help people come into their purpose?
1: I think the most important thing is to understand that people have a purpose. I mm-hmm. think, uh, You know, in our time where depression rates are off the charts and people really struggle with disconnection and isolation, I think it's an important thing to remember that uh, that if you are alive, there is a purpose there for you there. You know, life is not an accident. Uh, It is uh, it is um, selection. And so what if you are alive today, you represent a. a long heritage of success yeah all your ancestors basically uh through natural selection succeeded mm-hmm. in in carving out this niche to you in our modern ecology and so there there's a reason why you're here you are yes. the 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 epitome of what it means to be successful as a species. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here.
0: Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. <laughs> like
1: and, and to unpack that and to really make use of that, uh, that is what it means to be on purpose. So we start by saying, what are the things that you've always known you kind of had a nick for, even as a child, like right? natural mm-hmm. quality that, that were easy for you, that were difficult for others? That's a, a first indicator. Oh, and then ask good. some of your best friends, people who know and love you, ask them what they perceive about you, what you're particularly good at. And that will give you kind of an inventory of gifts and talents, but to get on purpose really means what is the 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 vision and the mission that you can put those gifts and talents into service mm-hmm. of. And there, the, the way to do that is to begin by drawing out a view of the world that would really light you on fire. Um, you know, what is a, a world that you would be willing to go to the bed for? What is uh, a, a like vision of a, a world that if you were, uh, let's say, the, the president or we put you in charge of it, what would that be like for us to live in your world? And as that gets drawn out, put in touch together with the gift and talents and the way they express in the world, you, you get pretty close on knowing your purpose.
0: Wow. I've, I've actually never heard it put that way before. I, I really, really do like that because it, not only is it coming from a place of taking responsibility, but also ownership and being a leader of your life. Because like we said earlier, many times people think that they are the victims of their circumstances. And so as you kind of denoted that this person would be like the president, if you will, then they are in charge of that environment. They're the ones who lead and guide and mold it into what they think is healthy and then so that becomes like you said their purpose which then becomes their mission which then becomes their objective in life and then just be wonderful to see so many people that have that understanding of their purpose and kind of meld it all together into the synergistic um, world would be fantastic
1: yeah well i see you know like now you're having me on your show so you're hosting me and Mm -hmm. and in in that way, we are always hosting people in our reality, in our life. Yeah, uh, starting with our family, but also our friends and our colleagues, uh, our customers, um, our our fellow citizens, right? And so, what is the the quality of experience that we would like to bring to the people that enter our life? Um, and that is uh, really what happens. Yeah, we we do enter yeah. our lives as guests, and and in recognizing that, then we have the opportunity to ask ourselves, how do I want my guests to experience Mm -hmm. my presence?
0: Yes. And what's a legacy you want to leave with them. Yeah. You also have what's called the awakened world pilgrimage. Tell us about that. We have just a few more minutes, but tell us more about that because it really it really connects with everything we're talking about.
1: Yeah. The awakened world global pilgrimage is a, a 30 day, a month long pilgrimage around the planet earth where we visit, uh, uh, two dozen different sacred sites on four continents to introduce people to a different relationship to themselves, a different relationship to humanity and a different relationship to our planet and it is an ascending journey which means you get to you get to visit uh, the cradle of humanity in Africa and uh, travel through other countries the way humanity evolved and the way you as an individual evolved. From your early days to your own full blossoming
0: so it's a parallel process it's a parallel process yeah it's
1: beautiful the journey concludes in the himalaya and it really mirrors the way that we become fully awake as human beings in a time when the world needs people who understand their own integrated self and Mm -hmm. how that connects with the planet how that connects with other people and how that connects to themselves.
0: That's fantastic. That's What, what a wonderful, uh, and just the, the spiritual experience or spiritual awakening that one would experience going on that I think that would be uh, mind-blowing. I, I can't even, don't even have words for it. <laughs> sublime, it would be sublime. That is, that is fantastic. Unfortunately, our time is up, Dawa. If my listeners would like to find out more information about you, to be a part of all the fantastic, amazing things you're doing, and also be a part of the Awakened World Pilgrimage, where do they find this information online?
1: Yes, so the Awakened World Global Pilgrimage can be found at AwakenedWorldPilgrimage.com. My work can be found at DawatarchinPhillips.com. And the leadership work we do in the world can be found at EmpowermentHoldings.com. I also want to give your listeners an opportunity to maybe uh, share a meditation. Um, We have a a downloadable uh, free meditation about naturally entering into awakened presence that can be found at davatarchinphilips.com forward slash awakening presence. Um, And that might be something they would enjoy. It's free and it's a a very gentle introduction into what it means to actually arrive in the present moment and, and come from that experience in our day to day life.
0: That's perfect, because so many times it's very hard for people to be able to find that. So thank you for sharing that with us. My listeners also know that if they are not able to find any of the information you just said, they just simply go to my website at either jamesmillerlifeology.com or lifology.tv, and they can listen to this show here. Dawa Tarchin Phillips, thank you so much for being a fantastic guest on my show today. I really appreciate all your wisdom. This was truly inspiring.
1: James, thank you for having me and keep up the good work. Thank you.
0: I also want to thank you, my listener, for tuning in today Please subscribe to this radio show through whichever portal you join me today. Also, please go to my website where you may sign up for the free weekly recap, watch my YouTube episodes, read the articles I've written specifically for you, and purchase my previous guest's self-help products. If you'd like to work with me, be a guest on or advertise on this show, visit jamesmillerlifeology.com. Be sure to follow me on all social media platforms under the name James Miller Lifeology, except for Twitter, which is James M. Lifeology. Once again, thank you so much for your support, and I'll talk to you soon.